Join me in the book of Psalms, Psalm 23, please, in your Bible, Psalm 23. What a wonderful truth we think upon as we go into the message, complete in Him. Psalm 23 is where we are. And uh, I tell you, the, the kids just, speaking of VBS, the kids just had a wonderful week. And teachers, thank you. And, um, and all workers, they just, it was, you know, you get a, you get 150, 160 children in a church this size on this campus. I mean, it's, um, it's pretty lively. To put it mildly, <laughs> it is, but it's, you know, what I witnessed here this week, I, I can't put in words. And it's only a work of God's spirit. But honestly, I, I'm just thrilled at the response of the children to the word of God, uh, to the teaching of the word of God. But, and, and I believe the, the philosophy of MBT, too, that I think it goes with it, that you can have fun and learn about God at the same time. Amen? And I'm grateful for that. And, uh, and, and how they responded. And now, I will say this. There are some kids that saying, are we having Bible time, uh, BBS next week? And I say, no. I didn't say it like that. I'm just kidding. But I'm thinking that, no, we couldn't handle it. I wouldn't have any church members if, we, if I did two weeks of VBS. You guys would be like, mass exodus. Pastor's gone nuts. But uh, so we do set aside one week. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I believe it is the one week on our church calendar um, where I, and, and I hope you will see this too, it is the one week that probably of all of the year and of all the things we do, which is which are many things we do in ministry, discipleship, evangelism, fellowship. But of all the weeks, this is the one week where most of our church, the majority, I should say, is working together. That's very unique. Ministering together at the same time, holding each other up, encouraging each other. I want to tell you, that does something special for a local church when when a church can do that together. And um, and so I'm thankful for for it. But uh, but if you will notice there in, in Psalm 23, we're going to continue our study on the names of God. And we're still on the name of God, Jehovah Ra'ah, which is the Lord is my shepherd. And we find that in first verse one of this great psalm uh, that is one of the most popular portions of Scripture and uh, to 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 in the word of God. And uh, and I, I do believe that the Lord is going to use it in our church. He has. And uh, I hope he will this morning. But notice with me in Psalm 23, I'm going to read verses one, two and three. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Church, with the Lord's help this morning, I want to preach a message to you entitled, The Shepherd Restores 
his sheep. The shepherd restores his sheep. Would you pray with me? Lord, I am very needy, Lord, uh, this morning of your grace and of your power. I realize, God, I, I can't do this without you. And, and Lord, these listeners, they can't listen without you empowering them. And so I pray that we would together this morning yield our hearts and minds to you, Lord Jesus, and just allow you to have your will and way. And God, may all the decisions that take place this morning, all the responses, I pray, will be responses of obedience, responses of gratitude, responses of repentance, responses, Lord, that honor you. And we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The shepherd restores his sheep. Maybe I'm talking to some folks here this morning that like watching HGTV. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands because I realize that uh, we may have some that uh, that uh, would be embarrassed about that. It's like the other day uh, at our men's meeting, we were uh, turning in our man card and and uh, there was one question that says if you've had a, a pedicure in your life and about half the men went and turned in their man card. That was hilarious. We were thinking, What? And one guy said, I'm glad he wasn't embarrassed when he walked up and he was probably 65, 70 years, big old, strong man, manly man. He said, yeah, I'm getting one next week, too. <laughs> I was like, well, there you go, buddy. No shame there. But nevertheless, if you were to watch HGTV, you might have heard of a show called Restored. It's an it's an hour episode. I've never seen it. I've read about it. Uh, but where this um, this gentleman, Brett Waterman, he transforms one character filled house for a couple of or family who owns it. And uh, he focuses on the homes with fascinating stories and unrealized potential hidden beneath neglect, bad renovations and ugly additions. And that idea of restoring is something our God does not in houses, my friends, built with man's hands, but He does it with lives built by God's hands. You see, Jehovah Ra'ah, the great shepherd, focuses on changing lives and restoring them to the original purpose of all mankind. That is to enjoy God, to glorify God and enjoy Him Forever. That was man's original purpose, to be in fellowship with God. And everything the Lord is doing in your life right now is for the purpose of getting you in fellowship with Him. That's the purpose for everything that's happening in your life. He wants us to be in fellowship with Him, but we have to admit together this morning that sin easily mars us in this life. And But let me tell you this, God specializes in taking that which is broken, that which is messed up, that which is dysfunctional, and making something beautiful for His glory. I'm thankful for that. Because I know all the times in my life where I have been an ugly mess... But God Almighty, my great shepherd, takes great care in helping me and restoring me to who I need to be in Him. And I'll think about that verse right there in verse 3. Do not let that, just read over that verse as it has uh, perhaps become 
uh, something that you just are used to. No, it's, it's, it should be a verse that we read and realize that it is packed with meaning. He restoreth my soul. The shepherd restores the sheep. You know, the shepherd must be very, very perceptive. When he's looking over a flock of his sheep, he has to discern and determine which one of his sheep is hurting or injured or sick or has some special needs. And the shepherd has to be trained and has to be proficient at seeing those needs. He looks out along the flock and he even looks for those that might be discouraged. What can I tell you? Likewise, the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, he is always looking out upon his sheep and he sees our inner struggles. He sees our hurts. He sees our insecurities. And it is his mission to restore us. I may be speaking to someone this morning that you feel like you're broken You feel like some things are messed up. I want to tell you, you've come to the right place this morning. Because God Almighty specializes in restoring us. That's his mission. You know, the root meaning of this word restore is to bring back, to return, to return again. And that is uh, what is happening in your life, because when we get out of the will of God, when we step out of the will of God, we get into some messes. But yet God is looking to bring us back. I think about Jesus, who is the good shepherd and always comes after his sheep. I'm I'm in all of that. You know, listen, if if I was the good shepherd, I know that I would have given up on me a long time ago. As many times as I have let the Lord down in my ways. And you too could give that same testimony. But yet again and again, what does our good and great shepherd do? He comes after us. He doesn't leave us alone. I'm sobered by that. I'm thrilled by that. Does that encourage your heart this morning? I hope you have not believed the lie that you are... You have surpassed being restored. You have given up all your opportunities to be restored because that's not true. I like what the author and teacher, Dr. Howard Hendricks, tells the story of a young man who strayed from the Lord, but was finally brought back by the help of a friend who really loved him. When there was full repentance and restoration, Dr. Hendricks asked the Christian how it felt, how uh, it felt away from the Lord. How did he feel during that time away from the Lord? The young man said it seemed like he was out at sea in deep water, deep trouble. And all his friends were on the shore hurling biblical accusations at him about justice, penalty and wrong. Then he went on to say, But there was one Christian brother who actually swam out to get me and would not let me go. I I fought him, but he pushed aside my fighting, grasped me, put a life jacket around me and took me to shore. By the grace of God, he was the reason I was restored. He would not let me go. What a testimony. It is of the good shepherd who will not let me go. 
He has embraced me. And even though I may stray, God Almighty is going to come after me. And He is going to use those means. And it's a reminder to me as a believer when we see another believer struggling. We shouldn't stand on the shore hurling accusations. We should be swimming out to them. Wrapping our arms around them. Assuring them of God's truth. Yes. And God's grace. And seeking to see them come back to God to be restored. That is the goal. And my friends, I want to tell you right now, just because you go after a friend or brother or sister or family member to see them restored does not mean you're judging them. It may be interpreted that way sometimes from the other person. But don't let the devil deceive you with that lie. If you're going with a compassionate heart and you're approaching them in the name of Christ, seeking to see them restored, it is your God-given obligation to do that. And if you don't, you are not right with God. You can do it. You have to have the Holy Spirit's timing. You need to have the, the, the Holy Spirit filling you. But we have an obligation To see people restored. And I hope that you feel the same way about your own heart. So that when someone approaches you about a sin in your life. About something that's in your life or my life. I hope that we will see it as that person loves me. They want to see me walk with Christ in fellowship. You see, David, King David, who wrote this psalm. He oftentimes struggled. He struggled with sin. He struggled with bouts of depression. Sometimes that depression was caused by sin. And it's the same way with us. You know, sometimes with David, it was guilt. Sometimes it was loneliness. Sometimes it was fear, etc. I mean, I think of uh, Psalm 13. I mean, you're there in Psalm 23. Why don't you just flip back about three pages, four pages. Notice this little psalm. Psalm 13. Listen to David. Does this sound like to you that somebody needs to be restored? Notice what it says. How long will thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long will thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes. Lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him. And those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord. Because he hath dealt bountifully with me. You see, David was a man that experienced heartbreak, depression, discouragement. And we see that there were times in his life where he truly needed to be restored. Uh, you're in the book of Psalms. Go over to Psalm 42. Let's just flip over there. Psalm 42. You were in 23 just a minute ago. Flip a little further. And I could, we could go to dozens, scores of verses in the Psalms that David wrote with a spirit of discouragement and brokenness where he needed to be restored. Are you there with me? Psalm 42. Notice verse 5. David said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? He's talking to himself here. And why art thou disquieted in me? 
Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. He went on to when had to say, oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. He was down. But therefore, he said, will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and the Hermonites and the hill of Mizar? You see, David experienced this type of thing. Maybe you are today. Maybe you will next week. Maybe you did last week. But may we think about this in the context of the shepherd. The idea of being cast down, as David mentioned here a couple times, has the idea of being down and you can't get up. It's not just a quick fall, but it's the cast down is the idea of not being able to get back up. In fact, it was not, it's not uncommon for sheep to have a difficult time getting up after a fall. I've never seen it personally, but I read about it and researched for this message. And, and it, it, was, uh, it was very interesting to me to note that uh, shepherds will sometimes find their sheep on their back. Legs up in the air. And they cannot right themselves. They cannot get up like they, they, like they should. And, they have to, and, they, and it requires the shepherd to come and to, to take them and actually physically bring them up to get them back on their feet. Because many times it's due to uh, malnourishment or there's a sickness there, a weakness, there's a discouragement in that sheep's life. And it, he actually has to pick that sheep up. Well, you know, the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, does that for you and me. There are times we are down and we can't even get up. It's, it's like, God, I can't even get up from this. I can't get out of this. I need you to pick me up. And we come to the Lord just like that. And these sheep are like that for a variety of reasons, just like you perhaps are down right now or have been down for a variety of reasons. You know, there are numerous reasons we get discouraged, is it not? You know, sometimes it's selfishness, sometimes it's no vision. You know, if you have no vision in your life, you have no vision for growing and maturing in Christ, doing things for the Lord, I want to tell you, you quickly get discouraged. You know, perhaps it's impatience, maybe it's laziness, maybe it's failure or fatigue, maybe it's trials, hurts, hardships, bitterness, various reasons. But the good shepherd will take whatever necessary measures to prevent his sheep from falling again. He restores us in order that we follow him in paths of righteousness. In fact, next week, if the Lord will allow me, I believe he's going to have me preach on the leading of the Lord. And, and not only being led of the Lord, but leading as even dads. A week from today, we'll be celebrating Father's Day. But we know there are ways to be restored as God comes after us. Let me share uh, with the remaining time of the message. Can I just share a few things with you that I believe God uses us, uses in our lives to see us restored? Number one, I believe he uses our honesty. To see us restored. I believe if we'll look back over there. And if you're in Psalm 42. Where we just read about David's heart. Uh, just pouring out to the Lord. We even notice in verse 3. He says, my tears have been my meat day and night. While they continually say unto me, where is thy God? Maybe you've been in that situation. You're like, where is God in all of this? 
And there's an honesty there that you need to come to the Lord and, and ask your heart and say, Lord, I'm searching you. I want you to intervene. I want you to help me. And then we notice that there is a repentance and honesty. But there's also number two, um, a, a, a repentance, which comes from a spirit of humility. And the Lord and we see that very clearly in the word of God, too. And in Psalm 42, we see a response to the workings of the Lord. Not only do we see a humility that's needed, but then thirdly, there is a desire to be helped, a desire to be helped. Have you ever tried to help somebody that did not want to be helped? I have three children that I deal with that very often. But we all are in that category from time to time, are we not? There's a situation in our life and we kind of want to take it on our own to do it. It's a dependence. Listen, there should not be there is a such thing as codependency where you uh, as humans, we have a tendency perhaps to uh, get dependent on a person or a thing. But really what we need to be completely dependent upon is Jesus Christ and him alone. No entertainment, no person, no uh Uh, Any type of entity are we dependent upon in our spirit, but completely upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be willing to be helped. I I thought about that uh, even yesterday. We went kayaking down the Broad River and uh, it was an absolutely beautiful day. Sun was shining. There was a breeze. uh, The water flow was pretty good. Uh, We got stuck a few times, but that was primarily probably because of my weight. But anyway, it was it was a great day for kayaking. And it, it was about 18 of us that that went from the church and and uh it was just it was really good. But there was a couple uh pretty good uh waterfalls, good pretty good drops, uh, little rapids at certain sections, probably two or three where you had to be pretty careful going down, especially if you weren't very experienced like myself. But um, by the way, Thomas went and he did pretty good. He stayed out in front and he didn't flip at all. And and uh, I was thankful for that. Thomas Jennings, I should say. Uh, I know Thomas Dyer is always getting me on that one. But uh, but nevertheless, the one the last one I was going down, I thought I had it. And, you know, um, pride cometh before fall, does it not? I got through the hardest part. This one drop, great rapids, man, I dropped down and I got through it. Man, I was like, yes. And it was like one of the last ones, too. And I'm thinking, yeah, I got through without rolling today. And soon as I probably had that thought and I got over by the rock, my my kayak went straight over. The current caught me. And uh, and of all people that, that saw it, Gary Brown had to see it. And that just... Of all the people, I mean, seriously. But, uh, but no, I'm just kidding, Brother Gary. But when I flipped over, the water was still pushing me on. And of course, I'm trying to hold on to my hat, and my sunglasses, and my paddle, and just make sure my kayak doesn't keep going. And I look up, and I thought I saw an angel. And I'm just kidding, it was Ben Swafford when I looked up. But Ben was standing there, and I, I had a decision to make. I was going to have to swallow my pride and say, hey, can you help me? And uh, I was trying to hand him something so I could get a hold of the kayak. And thank God, Ben was very nice and uh, was standing there. And he absolutely did. He grabbed the things that I was holding to help me out and uh, and and let me get my kayak flipped over and to get back on and 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 to get restored. All right, <laughs> to get right in the position. But you know, life is like that a lot of time, church. A lot of times you'll get flipped over in life. 
and you get disoriented. But you've got to be willing to let God help you when you have those times. You've got to be willing to reach out and say, God, I need your help. I need to be restored. And that is, first of all, being helped by God Himself. But then we see, even uh, through prayer, uh, if, if you'll go back with me uh, to our passage in, in, in 23, Psalm 23. As we think about being restored, we think about praying unto the Lord and asking Him to help us, crying out to God, letting our heart be heard, and, and spending some specific time in prayer. And again, folks, I'm not talking about just the, Lord, I just ask you to help me, amen, and that be it. But I believe when you're in a point of needing to be restored, there may need to be a time for you to get away. There may be a time for you to go find somewhere in the woods or somewhere on some uh, countryside or somewhere in a quiet room and somewhere around where you can go to where it's just you and the Lord. And you take away all distractions and where you can just pour your heart out to God. And you be honest with Him. And you, you, you cry out to God and give Him your burdens, give Him your complaints, give Him your, uh, your, 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 just your confusion, give Him, uh, just pour out your everything to Him. And God will respond to that. God responds when His children do that. And David did that. He poured him whole, his whole self. And there are Christians who walk around discouraged and they have not decided to spend some special time in prayer. Where they get along with God and don't even set a time. You just tell your loved ones. You say, look, I'll be back. I'm going to pray. I'm, i got to spend some time with God in this. And I want to do it without any distractions. And I want to tell you, there may be some people in your, on your heart when you go to that that you pray for. You pray for your own heart, whatever the situation is. Just make time to do it. And then I think about the Word of God. The Word of God, we have to allow help us. God Himself, we have to allow prayer to help us. And then we need to let the Word of God help us. Reading the Word of God. I mean, you read through the testimony of the book of Psalms and you see time after time, David was a man just like us. In fact, as a church, we just read through the book of Psalms, just finishing it up. Get ready to start the book of Proverbs. By the way, if you haven't uh, been doing that, I would encourage you to. You could join us in the book of Proverbs for the last bit of June. We're going to be probably reading two chapters a day. It's been very helpful to me. I hope it has been to you. There's a psalm in Psalm 119 that says, verse 25, when Psalm 119 is all about the Word of God. It says this, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. That's talking about being down, cast down. He's low, he's broken. But notice what the second part of the verse says. It goes on to say, Quicken thou me according to thy word. Letting the word of God help us in the times of distress to be restored until he wants us to be. So my friends, please do not be confused when you're not finding restoration apart from the word of God. Because it will not happen. You have to have a daily diet of it. You gotta digest it, uh, muse upon it, let it, let it get in you and roll around in there in your mind and soul and let it transform you. We see the Word of God, but then 
Another design of God to, for us to find help and to be restored is the local church, the body of Christ. That's you. That's me. All the members here this morning I'm preaching to that are members of Crooked Creek. And maybe you're here a guest and you're a member somewhere else. Well, I want to tell you, wherever you're a member of, that member is important. It has a function, just like every part of your body has a function. And God Almighty has gifted each of us with a way that we can help others in the local church, where we can help complete each other and hold each other up. That's the body of Christ. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians twelve twenty six, And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. I know that for a fact that that is the case. We, we experience that physically, do we not? I mean, I went kayaking yesterday. I really only used my arms, but I woke up this morning and my whole body was hurting. I felt it all over. I was like, wow, that's, there's some truth to that. And I want to tell you, when one member hurts, the rest of us hurt. When one of us is strengthened, the rest of us is strengthened. And so we constantly, God uses His body to strengthen each other. And, and how thankful I am for that design. The Lord designed that. Do you believe that? If, if you are hurting today, you need to realize that there are people in this church that love you. And that would be more than happy to go have coffee with you. Would be more than happy to come over to your house. Would be more than happy to meet with you on any occasion. That would be willing to talk with you about your burden without being judgmental. That would be willing to pray with you through that burden and that trial. To help see you restore. The Bible says, ye who are spiritual, seek those which need to be restored. Restore that one who has fallen in a spirit of meekness. And so we see that the local church was designed by God to help the members of the body be restored and to fellowship with God. But what happens many times, sadly, local churches, they're filled with members who are quiet about their struggle, who are quiet about their burdens, and they live on in defeat. But what we need, church, is to be there for one another. What about you? Are you willing to get the help you need? Are you willing to reach out to someone in this church and say, you know what, I can't get victory over this. I'm struggling. I, I know what the Lord wants, but I just feel like I'm down and cannot get up. I hope you will. Jim Corley met his friend Alex at the dealership where Alex worked. Jim was a caring friend. And Alex... We're going to say, Jim, I feel like a hypocrite every time I go to church because I fail to live for Christ so often. Alex, what do you call this part of the dealership? Jim asked, nodding to the area uh, outside his cubicle. You mean uh, the, the showroom? He responded, yes. And what's behind the showroom past the parts counter? Uh, that's the service department. Alex said confidently. Well, what if I told you I, I didn't want to bring my car to the service department because it was running rough? Jim asked. That would be crazy. That's the whole point of service departments. To fix cars that aren't running right. Jim replied, you're absolutely right. 
Now, let's go back to our initial conversation. Instead of thinking of church as a showroom where image is everything, start thinking of it as God's service department. Helping people get back in running order with God is what the church is all about. And that's so true. We come to church weekly, numerous times, because we all, including your preacher, needs to be restored. That's why the psalmist would say, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Every time I come into this church, whether it's preaching or whether it's singing, you say, you get a little excited in the singing, Pastor. Hey, I want to tell you, I'm just trying to get restored. I'm just trying to get filled up with God because I need Him. I want Him. I want my heart to be healed weekly so I can be better used of Him for His glory. I need you. I love talking with you. I love praying with you. I love fellowshipping with you. I love serving with you. And as a church, that's what we do. We find restoration. And when we miss church, and we don't make church a commitment, I'm telling you, it'll happen quickly. Before you can even realize it, you will find yourself cast down. But you know, you got somebody right there beside you when you do. His name is Jesus, the Good Shepherd, to pick you back up, put you on your feet, and to help you keep going, perhaps even stronger than you ever were before. Because when God restores market down, He does an awesome job. God doesn't do Half jobs. He's the great restorer. And when we let him do his work. Oh, it's beautiful, friends. It's beautiful. What about you, friend? Are you down? Are you turned over? Do you feel like you're stuck? Today, I would say as much as I can in my heart. Respond to the Lord and make a decision this morning. Lord, I need to be restored. In whatever way it is, respond to the Lord. You may be here this morning and you're without Christ. And I want to tell you, you don't need restoration. You need regeneration. You need to be born again. You can't be restored until you get regenerated, until you are made alive. And you do that by trusting in the gospel that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose again the third day. If you need to do that, today you can do that. But I'm speaking primarily to believers this morning when I say this. Let's respond to the Good Shepherd and allow Him to restore us this morning in whatever way it needs to be. Would you stand with me please?